Hey friends, Kenny Jang here with the Church Online Podcast. We are back in action this season, really trying to get to the nuts and bolts of trying to further your mission and ministry across the interwebs. Um, today, we are um, really blessed to be sponsored by partner and friends, Identity Digital. Um, dot church, the domain name, is your ministry's digital front door today. And many of the country's top congregations are using dot church to better build their church brand online. And in fact, more than 30% of the Outreach 100's largest and fastest growing churches um, are using a dot church domain as their main URL or a redirect. So you can warmly welcome members and new visitors 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year with your dot church domain name. And so we thank Identity Digital for investing in this to help further the education and the innovation stuff that we're going to talk about in this podcast series um, this season. And in particular, we're, today we're going to talk about how you could use a dot church domain as your digital front door and how that is basically the most effective outreach tactic that you can do um, just very tactically. And what I've done is I've asked DJ Chuang, uh, an ambassador of the dot church domain, to come onto the podcast. Um, and the dot church domain, again, is part of this family of identity digital, and they are powering the most relevant domain names on the internet. They have a whole portfolio. I'll ask DJ to explain a little bit of what they do. And DJ himself, DJ Chuang, is known as a thought leader who helps churches and nonprofits learn about the use of latest digital technologies. Always a pleasure to talk with you, DJ. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kenny, it's so great to connect with you again online as we talk about online technology. Absolutely. And, um, you know, classic trademark, um, DJ Chuang style, you're wearing an orange shirt in your honor. I've uh, worn an orange uniform as well. Um, so we could, uh, you know, <laughs> collaborate together in, in today's conversation. Um, so let's just talk about identity digital first. Um, can you just share a little bit about what what they do and what they offer to people on the internet? Well, Identity Digital is just relaunching as a new brand. It was formerly known as Donuts, and it was an instrumental part of expanding the universe of the internet namespace. Previously, we were stuck with maybe 20 or 30 different legacy top-level domains, the typical ones like .com, .org, .net, and then some countries came up with two-letter domain extensions like yes. .tv, .fm, and .cc, and .co, and so on. Well, in 2014, 2015 timeframe, the Internet Corporation, uh, it's called ICANN, it's got a longer name um, for that acronym, um, and a number of multi-stakeholder companies and governments and all that digital plumbing of the Internet came together and opened up the opportunity for nonprofits, companies, and governments, and other entities to create new dots. And so there, now there's .golf, .network, .bible, and .church. Identity Digital is a part of managing and operating uh, nearly 300 of those wow. new top-level domains. Wow, that, that's fascinating. And again, I think this is just one of those things is uh, most people 
they are trying to get a website domain name and um, .com are taken. And sometimes, you, you know, a .biz <laughs> or a .net doesn't work. And so um, having all these choices is just <laughs> a great thing. Um, now, this past couple of years, this pandemic has really changed the mindset of church leaders and pastors everywhere. I think that digital has become part of the forefront of what everybody's thinking in terms of strategy for communications and marketing and, and outreach. Um, can you share with us, DJ, your thoughts on like how a church can be more effective in this post-pandemic world, especially on the digital digital platforms out there? Yes. Well, we've all experienced a dramatic change, not just church leaders and churches, but every single person in the world, um, rich and poor and whatever, and kind of the digital divide has been exasperated for those that are not connected yeah. online. But because of the internet, we've been able to have the uh, active usage of technologies that have been already developed, like Zoom. Uh, I've been using it for seven plus years. And then QR codes, that's been around for at least uh, five, maybe 10 years. And so these existing technologies were uh, accelerated in terms of its use and adoption. And we've experienced how much better it's uh, made many of our lives. It hasn't replaced um, our lives, but it's really enhanced it in so many ways. And so churches um, that were not allowed to gather in person had to quickly pivot and uh, use online tools, whether it's live streaming, some even use conference calls. And yeah. then over 40,000 churches signed up to use the free platform at online.church, also known as Church Online platform, and they reached record-breaking numbers, like 7 million in that first couple weeks um, with online worship experiences that were even more than just a live stream or on-demand video. And churches all around the country, here in the United States and around the world, realized that digital ministry is effective. It works. It still provides pe provided people with worship experiences uh, in their very own home. It also opened new opportunities for people to invite their friends and their families and neighbors and people who had never stepped into a physical building of a church, but they can click on a link and check out a worship service in the safe confines of their own home. And I just recently did some uh, research about statistics and I'll share some of those with you along the way as we talk more about how to grow your church in a post-pandemic world. Yeah, absolutely. So in the post-pandemic, so during the pandemic, right? Like I say, as a former church online pastor, that um, it was revenge of the nerds, right? We were uh, ignored <laughs> and put to the back of the line um, pre-pandemic. And now uh, everyone wanted to go digital and it was an emergency. And um, anybody involved with digital ministry was, had a voice. Um, after uh, things started to open up again, uh, we have this thing where the, the behaviors of churches are, are changing a bit, right? So what would you what would you say to, mm -hmm. there is a growing segment of churches that are basically reverting back to pre-pandemic behaviors, right? And even some of them are ending their live stream worship. Um, what, what, what would mm -hmm. you say for that type of scenario? Well, let me uh, put some markers down in, in terms of what happened. So 96% of churches provide some kind of streaming and online worship experience during the pandemic. 
Uh, I haven't been able to put my finger on a stat in terms of how many reverted and went backwards to pre-pandemic behaviors and have only online uh, in-person experiences. But the online opportunity was a huge aha moment when churches realized, hey, we can do effective ministry online for uh, very low cost. It's much more expensive to do physical ministry than online ministry. Second, uh, online ministry, the aha moment is, hey, we can reach more people outside of our church walls than the limited space of our seating capacity or our physical geography. And then third, it um, it was amazing to see that for uh, across the board, uh, online worship activity went up 300 to 500% compared to pre-pandemic for, for churches across the board. And so it's a huge opportunity. I think the signals and the signs are there. Why hold back ministry? Why put your light under a bushel, to quote Jesus, when this light, literally digital light through the internet and digital tools, you can further share the good news of Jesus Christ through digital technologies very easily while you continue to do your in-person worship. Now, I guess one of the conversations, if you're talking to a church or a pastor, some leaders that are thinking, oh, let's end our live stream services, et cetera. Um, I think that it comes down to like a cost benefit ratio for those type of conversations. And I would say one way to convince them the potential, right, of what we can do with digital today is to talk about like, how can churches make the most out of the opportunity to reach more people through online versus just in person? Um, what, what do you think would be some of the well, turning the points in your mind? For that yes well the proof is in the pudding is one of the quotes um, i've heard along the way and so each church gets to evaluate will online ministry reach more people in their context in the way they do their ministry now uh, there's four huge opportunity that opens up as uh, digital ministry continues because you've already learned the skills you've learned how to live stream and share your worship online during the pandemic. You had a two-year yeah. dress rehearsal, and actually not just for dress rehearsal, it was it was the real thing. You had engagement. Now, if, the, if that engagement went down dramatically as you returned to in-person, well, evaluate how, how, how much of a drop it was it, is it worth continuing to invest in, but give it, give it another six months to evaluate, make some tweaks, make some adjustments. It's a low cost, experiment and see if it still con uh, continues to serve people that had been a part of your church, but they feel uncomfortable returning because there's nearly 25%. This is a general statistic. Nearly 25% of people do not feel comfortable coming back to the physical church. I mean, are, are is, is your church willing to just cut off that 25%? I, I hope you, uh, you as churches and pastors would not be so callous. And then secondly, uh, there's, uh, nearly over 800,000 churches that are 800,000 searches uh, for churches near me on, on Google and search engines every month. So people are looking for churches near them online and you want to be able to be found. So providing online 
uh, web presence as well as in person because people are going to check out your website. That's the first thing they check out. It's your digital front door before they ever step into your physical church. So having that opportunity, helping them to see more than just a brochure online, but actually an online worship experience is that much more inviting and helps people to take those tangible next steps. Um, I already mentioned reaching those who have not returned to church. Also, there is a staggering statistic when research found is 40, 44% of people say they prefer to worship alone. That's a whole wow. different demographic that we would never think of if we only had in-person worship. But what the pandemic and online worship experience has demonstrated is people do want to belong to a church, but they don't like the in-person worship experience, which has been aggravated by germs. Uh, but also the social anxiety that can happen, uh, getting lost, navigating buildings, trying to find parking space, traffic. I mean, there's quite a number of hurdles that we wouldn't think of for those of us that are accustomed to doing this weekly ritual and pilgrimage to a physical building when so many unchurched people don't have that as a part of their normal lifestyle. And, um, of course, reaching the next generation, Gen Z and Gen um, Millennial, Gen X Millennials, um, a majority of them prefer um, to not worship in person. And so don't close the door on the 25% who are not coming back in person. Don't close the door on the next generation. And it's, it's a reasonable, simple, cost-effective way that churches have already already have experience doing during the pandemic. Don't shut off the valve. Those, those are really compelling uh, arguments and things I think that every leadership team has to start thinking about. And it just reminds me of that joke where people say when, you know, internal staff members at church sometimes uh, will joke this like, man, if we just got rid of all the people, church would be perfect, <laughs> right? Like it's like, you say that about jobs and corporations <laughs> too, right? Um, but yeah, I think that that is something that people, and, and this is something that the church, I think, has to grapple with too. Is like, what does worship mean when you are at a distance, uh, mm-hmm. when you're corporately worshiping together, but just not literally shoulder to shoulder? Um, and how do how do you how do you respect that dynamic and even have a flourishing and not just look at it as negative? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, though, very practically speaking, I'm just coming back to it, DJ. Is like. Um, I've, I talked to a pastor here locally in our town who wants to cut off all of live stream because he's saying our church has very limited resources. We're not a mega church, right? We're not one of the big mega mm-hmm. churches. We don't have a media team. We don't have staff members mm-hmm. that are editing videos seven days a week. What if my church really has limited resources? Do you have any suggestions of how to tackle that? Because I think in many pastors' minds and church leaders, it's just we mm-hmm. need to have the whole whole kit and caboodle, um, and it seems like a huge production. Um, what would you say to that? Mm. Well, there there are churches that do have big budgets and large attendance and staff to do the big production, but most churches are what around a hundred people in size and don't have that huge budget or staff to do the huge production. And yet they're very effective on the ground in the neighborhood because of that personal touch. And Dave Adamson has written a most excellent and relevant book titled 
meta church and it described how to do online ministry effectively and make disciples using digital tools and he tells of a story where a pastor was just walking his dog and he pulled up tiktok and asked people if if he could pray for them and he got an amazing response uh just being in real time being personal and he wasn't a you know conference writing book author um, master communicator kind of a person and just a normal church pastor with the technology that's in everybody's pocket a smartphone you you can do online ministry and so just opening that window begins to uh, help the lights come on and it will draw people uh, to your ministry and it gives an opportunity for volunteers to serve you you have techies that uh, don't run lights and sounds you have techies that are running social media and doing live stream the reason social media and live streams have become so popular is because it's easy to use and so normal unpaid people can be activated and given opportunity to just turn on the camera so people outside of your church walls can experience what's inside your church and uh, church online platform i mentioned earlier forty thousand plus churches signed up during the first couple weeks of pandemic that's free and uh, live streaming is free i mean you can start with free and do a lot and i'll share a personal story in um in my high school years i grew up in a very small town twenty thousand small churches everywhere um the whole mega church conversation was just not not around in the 80s and yet on cable television with 13 channels on cable television channel six a church would just have a camera up in the balcony so he could watch the worship service if they could do that back in the 80s why why are we not doing that when we have a smartphone you can just put on a tripod and turn on so people can participate in your worship service and then as god blesses and i believe god will and you'll hear stories of life change because people participate in your worship service because people uh took a peek at your um experience and was drawn to come in person the proof will be in the pudding just leave that camera running and see what God does. I love it. You know, it just kind of um, pushes me to the sentiment of like, sometimes you, you have to take your work seriously in ministry, but sometimes yeah. you shouldn't take some aspects of it so seriously, right? Like sometimes it doesn't need to be perfect. It's just good enough mm-hmm. to get out the door and actually mm-hmm. just try. Like it's, it's not about the container. It's about the content. And so, um, I think that that piece of encouragement is just very powerful for everybody. Now, let's talk about like trying to find your church, especially especially during the pandemic. What we're seeing is um, I think there's some trends um, where there there was a surge in people of getting to the church online. Um, and the people who are going online mm-hmm. were not just the people that used to go to your church offline. Many people discovered church for the first time online. Um, during the pandemic. And so this discovery aspect is really important, I think. And figuring out how someone actually finds you or identifies you or even just like recalls what your church Mm -hmm. name is or what your website is, um, 
can you can you share a little bit about like what the difference is when you use a website address that has a dot church ending to it um you know what yes. difference does a dot church domain actually make yes well for the most common place that a majority of people find things is this magical thing called the search engine and billions of searches happen every day people are looking for answers to their burning questions yes. things to uh supplement their lives and even spiritual questions and as i mentioned earlier over eight hundred thousand searches for churches near me so people are searching for churches people are searching for hope people are looking for something that's near them to meet their needs Okay. So, DJ, I and think that's so, a very, very like we 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 cannot dismiss what you just said casually, right? Like, people, literally, data driven. You have knowledge, data driven, that people literally are searching for churches. It's not that the culture is dead and the culture doesn't want the mm -hmm. church and culture is against Jesus and the, that the church is totally irrelevant. There are people literally, maybe not asking you as a friend, but they're asking Google, right? Like they literally are asking Google. Yes. And so the beauty of dot church, it's SEO optimized because Google uses over 200, almost 300 signals yeah. to figure out what to put at the top of their search result. And the statistics show that if you're on the first page and if you're on the first 10 and first one, you get so many more clicks and so many more views to your website. But to get onto that first page, you have to have what's called search engine optimization. And uh, one of those big factors is the domain name. So by having .church in your domain name, it signals the search engine and it signals the um, searcher, the user, that this is obviously a, a church. Yeah. And if they're searching for church near them, Google factors in location proximity. And, and moves those near the top. And then dot church also signals, hey, we, we know the development in, in the internet landscape. We're not just the old stodgy .com or .org or .something else. We, we're putting a period, we're on the statement. We are a church, unapologetic, and we're here to serve people and serve the community. Plus, Microsoft did a research that the domain name, in addition to the title and description and their search engine uh, optimization techniques on that part, so you'll need to take care of that. But the domain name part increases 25% um, of clicks if people recognize the domain name, its meaning and its uh, familiarity. So very important to get that additional uh, ranking, additional recognition, so people are more likely to come to your church website. Well, it, it totally makes sense, right? Like literally, if you have that church as part of the domain, mm -hmm. but someone's looking at it, it is quicker to figure out, oh, this is in mm -hmm. alignment with my searching intent, you know, that I'm trying to figure out, mm -hmm. hey, is there a church near me or something like that? So um, fascinating. I, I love the insights that you have. I think you have so much vast 
uh, experience, not just with domain names and top level domain names, et cetera, but like with church online and digital, et cetera. I'd love to have you back for a couple different interviews because there's so many different things yeah. I want to go deeper in. But we're uh, bringing yes. our time to a close for this episode in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, before we go, can you just share with everybody, like, how would someone actually best look up a .church domain name and see, is my is the name of my church available? Is the name of my city available? Mm -hmm. um, how would they go about and doing that and, and actually registering one? Yeah, the, the response is very simple. Go to name.church. That's name.church. And then type in the name that you want to find, matching your church name, matching your geography, matching your vision, and then be sure to include the word church in your search. And then the search engine will return relevant results and show you what's available. It's the smallest investment that can make the biggest difference. Yes. Think of all the things that you have to pay for with physical signs, building rent, uh, staffing, um, I don't, know, I don't know what else is on the uh, church budget uh, line item, but um, dot church for a year is less than 50 bucks a month, even cheaper Absolutely. with promotions. Absolutely. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it, it seems like a no brainer. And it seems like anybody who even, I mean, you should pick it up in there. Well, I think I want, what I want to bring you back and uh, to talk about is like uh, using it as your main domain name is not the only way to use it. And that's not the only way mm -hmm. uh, hundreds and, or thousands of churches are using it. And so I'd love to mm -hmm. talk about different use cases next time when you come back and figure out how we can get, get further in this conversation. But DJ, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing with us what Identity Digital has. Again, if everybody, um, if you're interested in seeing what's out there, what permutations um, are available of your church name, et cetera, just go to name.church. It's www.name.church. And first of all, that's uh, if you've never been to a .church website, that's a great way to do it. It doesn't have a .com at the end or anything else. It's name.church, and then you can start searching away and see what's available and take the next steps. Um, I'd love for you to drop a comment if you have any questions after going to name.church. I will monitor the comments and see uh, if we can help be a resource to you further. But in the, in the meantime, thank you, DJ, for being here. Thank you for listening to us um, as, as we continue to march on with the Church Online podcast. We'll be here next time with another topic. But um, in the meantime, make sure to be social, stay social.